You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Thursday, August 25th, 2022, and you're locked into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here. Here we go again with training camp fights in the NFL, and this one got really ugly. The Rams and the Bengals held a joint practice this week and today it, it boiled to a head and Aaron Donald started swinging helmets around. So uh, that's not great. Aaron, Aaron Donald probably going to get suspended for that because here's the thing. It, it, obviously, you, you don't want anybody swinging helmets at another human, but I, I feel like it'd be one thing if it was maybe his own, nah, he was swinging somebody else's. He had a Cincinnati Bengals helmet in his hand, swinging it around. That's just bad. That means he took it off of somebody's head and started swinging it around. That's a problem. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The Astros play the Minnesota Twins tonight, looking to make it a sweep in Carlos Correa's return to Space City. Chet Holmgren, number two overall pick in the NBA draft, already done for the year. We'll talk about that as well. At 4.30, Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Cajuns, Mr. Jay Walker. We're eight days away, nine days away, from Louisiana and southeastern Louisiana. So we'll talk about that game. We'll talk about Chandler Fields being named the starter and a couple guys to look out for on the defensive side of the football. We'll do some more NFL predictions and, of course, Take your calls on the hotline, 706-0111, if you want to get in on the action. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Miles Garrett's going to be at Roger Goodell's door if Aaron Donald doesn't get suspended. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron, Don- Aaron uh, Miles Garrett was what, six games? Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be what Aaron Donald gets. I was gonna say I better see at least three or four. It, it's got no. Nah, it's got to be six. Because there was a there's a difference between doing it live in the game, and then at a practice. After Is there a play. though? Is there not much? But all, I mean, I, all I, that was Miles's was live on TV on national television on a night game in a prime game. This was this was during a joint practice. Uh, I guess that's why I'm saying. There's, that's why I'm not saying only one or two. I'm still saying four, three. I would say at least four. I'd really push for six. Because the consistency with the league is not very high. And at this point, I don't even know if Roger Goodell would do I mean, would do the suspension himself because he didn't want to do the other one. Even if you hit somebody with a helmet while they're wearing a helmet, dude, you're putting lives in danger. Of course. That, that's assault. I mean... Aaron Donald, some people might argue that Aaron Donald should be arrested. That's assault with a deadly weapon. I mean, that is a 10-pound chunk of metal. That is that is bad. Sean McVay better do something and do it quickly because 
And look, I, I know some people are going to sit there and go, oh, well, you know, he's a superstar. He's going to get away with it. And that may be true. But if that's the case, man, they're, they're setting a bad precedent. A bad precedent. Poll questions of the day. Of course, we're still doing our football movie bracket. We're down to the semifinals, which means that the finals of it will be tomorrow. Looking at the results so far here on our our poll question of the day, your semifinal matchups are as follows. Remember the Titans and Friday Night Lights. Actually, a pretty close matchup. Remember the Titans in the lead, 55.6% to 44.4%. And then in your other matchup, it's the Waterboy and the Longest Yard. The Waterboy running away with it, 76.5% to 23.5%. Got about nine hours to get your votes in on that one before we close those polls and set up your finale for tomorrow. But as of right now, it's looking like the longest yard against Remember the Titans. I'm sorry, the water boy against Remember the Titans. So on today's show, we talked about it a little bit already. Jay Walker going to join us at 4.30 for Cajun's Corner. And then at 5.30, Brendan Moore, a national college writer for Sideline Sports Network will join us to talk about the world of college football. Week zero is here. And, you know, James, I caught a lot of flack for saying this on social media. I'm not excited about the schedule. I'm excited that college football's back. Like, I'm excited that there's live, meaningful football to watch. But if you look at the schedule on paper, no game jumps out to me like, Oh, that game's going to be exciting. Other than maybe Northwestern and Nebraska Nebraska. playing in Ireland. I was going to say that one's probably the most exciting, and that's not even just because it's going to be in Ireland. Those two are just... I mean, it's a conference conference game. It's a conference game. It's pretty much the two best teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's the best overall matchup, and then you get a little of a bonus because it's going to be in Dublin. Other than that... Looking at the other matchups, they're not that exciting. North Carolina, North Carolina has to play Florida A and M. North Texas plays UTEP. New Mexico State gets to play Nevada. That one's gonna be on ESPN two, but that one's still kind of meh. And then Vanderbilt has to go all the way to Hawaii. Still don't understand how they can. I don't even. I don't understand how Hawaii was able to convince them to do that. How did you get an SEC school to go to your place? Probably, it's probably a home and home. If if I had to guess, that's a home and home. Hawaii is going to return the trip either next year or the year after. Um, would be my guess. Uh, but you're you're right. That's a. I wonder. I wonder how they were able to pull that off because LSU's not going to Hawaii. Alabama's not going to Hawaii. I mean Vanderbilt's in the same conference, but they're on a different. They're on a completely different level, and everybody knows it. But. Uh, again, it's intriguing to see how Hawaii was able to to pull this off. I don't think even Tennessee would do it. No. Or Missouri. Well, Missouri mm, might. Maybe. Missouri might, but even even that's a, a stretch. That one's a stretch for sure. Yeah, that's a stretch. So some top stories that we're looking at, again, we talked about the Aaron Donald mess. We talked about Chet Holmgren being done for the year. Looking at the Dallas Cowboys, Tyson Smith 
goes down for the regular season, the Tyron Smith get, goes down for the regular season. Now they're looking at a potential Laramie Tunsil trade. If you're the Cowboys, do you do it? I think you do. I mean, I, I'm not super familiar with the Cowboys depth chart, but I can't imagine that your backup to Tyron Smith is a better player than Laramie Tunsil. I was going to say, you already moved on from Lyle Collins. Now you're down Tyron Smith, and you're going to be playing Brandon Steele at right tackle, who hearing reports that they really like him. But you kind of need that veteran force, at least on the opposite side. So getting a really good option in Laramie Tunsil. I mean, right now I'm looking at their... If you could. I'm looking at their depth chart on rlads.com. Josh Ball... Never heard of him. You got Connor McGurvin at left guard. He's talented. You got the rookie at center, Tyler DiBiase, or however you pronounce his last name. Zach Martin is the vet at right guard. And then you got Terrence Steele at right tackle. I mean, they they could use an upgrade at a couple positions. So, especially if you want to try and get Zeke back to the old 2016, 27 days. Right, exactly. And so if the if the Texans are, you know, really in that they're still in that rebuild mode, you throw a first round pick their way, they might give you Laramie Tunsil. And I think that's something that the Cowboys should look at. Now, granted, do I really care what the Cowboys do to get better? No, I don't. But if I'm Jerry Jones, and if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm sitting there. You you're know, always in win now mode, so you you might as well go yeah. for it. You, you got to make uh, uh, if you're in win now mode, a first round pick doesn't mean much to you. That, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you. Um, you you want you want a guy that's going to come in and, and win right now. Uh, another thing we're looking at: Malcolm Butler got released today with an injury designation. He is now a, a free agent. The only thing that, but about it is, Laramie took the pay cut to only have a million on, on the deal. The dead cap would be thirty four million. I don't, I don't think the Texans would do that, even if you threw a first rounder at him. So if you're the Texans, say even, you, you've even, lowered his number, and if you move on from him, it'd be a, it'd be like how people were talking about trading Mike Thomas because they were just over about him being injured. If you trade him. That's a huge dead cap to your cap space. Yep. Thir- over $30 million? No. I-, I had to recheck that because it sounded interesting at first, but having two left tackles because Tyron's – it's not an t- ACL tear. It's just an ACL injury. He would be back either at the end of the season or right after the season, unless you just kind of rush him back if you go to the playoffs. So according to Todd Archer, who is a Dallas Cowboys reporter – Tyron Smith's surgery tomorrow is to reattach his hamstring to his knee. First of all, that sounds incredibly painful. The fact that they got disconnected is that's horrible. Um, recovery time about three to four months. So you're looking at December at best. If recovery goes perfectly, you're looking at December. Yeah. So then at that point, you don't make you don't make the huge deal because. Laramie Tunsil is still going to be under contract for 2023 as well, so you'd be paying two left tackles 
And then at that point, you're not going to be able to get top dollar back if you try to trade Laramie or somebody else. And even if you do, you're going to eat about $17 million a cap. So if you're the Cowboys, do you just maybe you just have to hope and pray that you're good enough to make the playoffs and get Tyron Smith back for the playoffs? You just have to say it. Hey, we ball. We just have to live a ball. We them boys. I guess. Unless you just go get just a, a mid-tier tackle to just be serviceable. But even then... You run a you run a quick strike offense. You you don't yeah. run a vertical offense like the page like like the Chiefs do. And also where you just take shots all the time. And also even if the pocket collapses, Dak could escape. D- Dak has escapability. He d- he's d- he's had quite a few years since that big injury. Yep, absolutely. So may, maybe maybe they don't make that move because I mean, say like you said, you end up having to pay two left tackles. Say you can't get rid of Laramie Tunzel at the end of this year. Then what? You'd still be paying Zeke, right? And no one, no one's gonna take Zeke. So, that's that. That's an interesting way of putting it. I, I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. Plus, C, plus you got to pay CD soon. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. You're gonna pay CD. CD's going into year three, so by the end of this year, he's gonna be like you're gonna pay him going like, into next training camp. He's gonna be asking for a new contract. Five years, a hundred million. Yeah. You're going to give him what Mike got? You got to give him about what, what AJ got. Yeah. That's, wow. Yikes. The, the the Cowboys might not be saying we them boys for much longer. All I'm saying. That, that could get very, very, very interesting. As you know, football season is here, and we want to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Score $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Rage and Cajun football games, and much more. So let me make sure everybody understands. $500 in meat, a grill to cook it on, a cooler to put your drinks in, chairs to sit on, $500 spending money, and tickets to both LSU and UL football games. How do you lose? You don't. You can't. It's impossible. Enter in the Game Rewards Club, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. We'll take a timeout right here, and when we return... James Mesh and I will look at the AFC North and the AFC West and make our predictions in that division before Jay Walker joins us at 4.30. You're listening to The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Vandal wants to get you ready for game day when college football kicks off this week. Right now, new customers can get $150 in free bets guaranteed for week one. Just place a $5 bet and you can get $150 in free bets, win or lose. I'll say it again. I'm going to hammer the over on six and a half wins for the LSU Tigers this season. You can also try a same game parlay. You can jump in on the action with live betting or you can go big with all kinds of promotions like odds boosts. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, now is the perfect time to give it a shot. The app is super simple and easy to use. There's always hooking you up with great odds, and when you win, you'll get your earnings fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, sign up using promo code KLWB, and place a $5 bet to get $150 in free bets guaranteed to kick off the college football season. 
That's promo code KLWB. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. I can promise you that RP3 and 5 names as Fantasy League is not as exciting and as lit as ours is. Right, James? Definitely got interesting. <laughs> you found ways. You definitely oh, found ways. Oh, it wasn't just me. It was not just me. Scoring more points is more fun. It's more fun. Just is. One one point for every yard gain. Yeah, still. You want you want to go that far? Like let's just. I mean, let's just make all kinds of crazy scoring. If if Patrick Mahomes scores sixty, I'm going to be pissed off because then I'm going to lose. I'm going to look at him like, "Geez, I'm well, not going to have. The, I'm not going to quarterback. I'm not going to have the great QB." Well, then draft a better quarterback. It's going to be fun. It's all. James. It's also the. It's also the skewing. I'm going to see Patrick Mahomes have sixty, and then everybody else ten. I'm be like. Geez, that's real even scoring. Love to see that. What, you talking about every other quarterback? No, just in general on your team. You're going to see 60, 15, 8 from running backs. Because it's the fact that we have 14 teams, the amount of good people, it's going to drop really fast. Is it, though? I mean, the NFL is stacked with talent. Stacked with talent. I mean, I heard Kevin Foote talking about it this morning. They did a draft. They He was in a league. It was yeah, a, but how many bell cows are there going to be? They're not going to be a lot of bell cows in this league. Not this year. Everybody's going to – it's just going to be running back by committees. It's fantasy. It's fantasy football. It's supposed to be fictitious. It's supposed to be fun. Hey, pull, pull, pull in Aaron Rodgers. Pull in Aaron Rodgers. Do what? R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Relax, bud. It's okay. All right, let's look at the AFC North. Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Dead last. Cleveland Browns. I got the Cleveland Browns dead last. I think those first 11 games without Deshaun, they're going to struggle mightily, and it's going to be a hole that even Deshaun can't get out of. Um, I I see the Browns being 7-10, and 8-9. So I've, I've got the Browns last. I think the Steelers could be third. They could also be last. That's a pretty tight race between the Steelers and the Browns. Ravens second, Bengals win the division. The Bengals, I mean, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and they've only improved. Uh, they they beefed up their O-line for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's back and healthy. You still got Jamar Chase. You've got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. You know, I, I could see the I could see the Bengals being a 12-5 a and five team. So I, I got the Bengals winning the division. Let's go to the game hotline, 337-706-0111. James, what's going on, bud? 
Hey, man, I had, I'm in the league with you guys. I had a question about this, you know, Thunderdome, you know, Lollapalooza, crazy circus uh, scoring system that's getting proposed. Okay. Have we landed on anything? Is it like quarterbacks get a million points and it's super flex, I can play two of them? Well, you see, I... looking at it so far. Well, you see, I tried to remedy the situation because... James was getting frustrated, so I tried to remedy the situation and say, would you rather a super flex to where you could have two quarterbacks in your lineup or the touchdowns be worth six for a quarterback? The damage was already done. And James rage-deleted the the poll. Okay, because I thought both of those were getting through. We're going to have, like, yeah, they, first fantasy football ever where, like, 300 points get scored and... <laughs> It's going to be just insane, right? And just so you guys know, I won't be drafting any Cowboys on my team. You can have them all. So, James, let me ask you, if it came down to it, would you rather a super flex or touchdowns be worth six? Well, I'd rather a super flex. I'm rather either way. I'm good either way, but, but it no, we're be a super flex and six points. But, no, we made, we made the, we, we made the polls, and the people in our league voted, so we're going to be doing six touchdowns. Six points per touchdown because, well, based in real football, that's how we should do it. But we're going to do six for it, and then we're going to have two QBs. So, yeah, we're going to be scoring about 500 a week. Oh, my God. He's so he's so upset, James. Okay, well, I, I guess, you know, running backs will be picked third now in line instead of first. I guess well, the quarterbacks will be that's first. Not, that's not necessarily accurate your, your because first that super flex position – can be a running back, wide receiver, or tight end as well. But you're going to be picking QB. They're going to score 70 every week. Of course you're going to want to take the two best that you can. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean... It's, it's a free-for-all. It is a free-for-all. We, we the people have voted, and this is how this league is going to look. It's going to be really interesting. So I, you can't really base any previous drafts on anything else. This one's going to be totally unique. Speaking of draft, do we have an order? There's been about 12 of those so far posted, right? Well, the first one, okay. So I didn't see I didn't see that it randomizes, so I was like, oh, I guess my thumb just didn't render. So I clicked it again, and then I, I see it did it twice. I'm like, okay, well, for the last five years, I've gotten the first pick. It's not that I don't necessarily not want the first pick. I would just rather, if somebody else wants it, like, go for it. Because I've noticed every time I do it, people in the leagues that I have that I commish are like, how does he keep getting first? And it's like, I don't know. It's just a weird roulette. So that's why I gave it. A, that's why I just went with the second one. I didn't really pay attention to everybody else, but we had people, certain people just say, oh, well, we should have just stuck with the first one. I didn't see what the first one was. All I saw was. I was the only one that stayed still for the most part. I was like, okay, well, that one just looks weird. Was it a snake draft? So if you pick first, you pick 28? It is. Yeah. Okay. So, and I gave another poll. So it's like, look, we can we can do it one more time, and then that's it. So I don't want to hear any complaining. Otherwise, we're just going to stick with how it is. All right. I'm on. I'm down. I'm down. All right. Appreciate All right, James. James. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> so look, don't go delete the poll. We're going to pick one or the other. 
No, no, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. No, it's six points per touchdown. We're gonna have two QBs. We're not gonna do both. We're both commissioners of this league. We're not gonna do both. We're going to pick one or the other. No takesies, backsies. Oh my God, we're not twelve. We're gonna pick one or the other because it's getting a little ridiculous. No, we're we're sticking with both. The people have voted, like you said. The people have voted. Well, people are gonna vote on the poll. So we'll we'll figure out which one's going to be. The poll that you can vote on are the movie polls. Those are still open. Those are still open until, you know, like 1 a.m. Uh looking at the looking at the results so far on our semifinal movie bracket for the best football movie of all time so far 57.9% have voted for remember the Titans 42% for Friday Night Lights. And then the other matchup, the Water Boy, still running away with it, seventy-two point two percent to twenty-seven point eight percent. So keep those votes coming. You can comment on Facebook as and Twitter as well. And tomorrow we will bring you the finals of to determine the best football movie of all time. We'll take time out when we return. Jay Walker joins us for Cajun's Corner. Right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Going deep downfield, he's got a receiver, it's caught! Touchdown, Louisiana! Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajuns Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker joining us for Cajuns Corner. Jay, how you doing, bud? I'm having a wonderful time. It's raining, and I haven't seen rain in, gosh, a couple hours. Yeah, no kidding. It just doesn't let up, does it? No. All right, Chandler Fields got named QB1 this week. What do you make of that news? Not surprised. Um, You know, I mean, look, and and I realize Mike is not Billy, okay? You know, they're two different guys with two different opinions. But the reality of the situation is every time they went with QB2 last year, it was Chandler Fields. So he had an advantage going into all of this, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt like and, and at the scrimmage that we got a chance to see on Saturday, you know, Chandler, he looked more confident. He looked more decisive. Um he made a couple of throws during the scrimmage that I don't know that Ben can make. So so nothing surprises me here. I, um, I'm sure that, that Ben is disappointed, and Mike talked about that in, in his press conference, but um, I, I'm not surprised that Chandler Fields is going to run the first series for the Cajuns next Saturday. Jay, this first game is nine days away. As the season gets closer and you you know practices are kind of – starting to wrap up and you're really getting ready to start game prep, what areas of this team do you still see maybe being a question mark? Well, the same ones that we've seen. You know, the O-line, uh, is specifically the depth on the O-line, and and the depth at linebacker. I, I think other than that, uh, I, I think this team's going to be fine. I, I the, the two guys behind Chris Smith, are guys that don't have a lot of experience, but there's some talent there. So I'm 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 feeling good there. I feel good about the D line and the secondary. I feel good about the wideouts. You know, I, my opinion really hasn't changed since the very beginning. And 
And you know what? I'll bet if you ask me this question for another 14 weeks, you're probably going to get the same answer. Um, you know, hopefully they're going to develop some depth at some of those positions. But those are the areas of concern going in. You know, looking at the defense, one of the one of the strengths of this team coming into 2022, talk about guys like Zion Hill-Green and Jordan Quibido, you know, guys who have really stepped up as kind of the leaders of this defense. You know, I, 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 I'm proud of Quibido because, you know, he's a guy, he's one of those work-while-you-wait guys. Um, you know, he had, to, he had to sit there and play behind Farad Gardner uh, the last couple of years. Um, but once again, I go to something I think I said to you last week about Billy. His philosophy has always been if you're good enough, you're going to play. And so, you know, Jordan's had some opportunities over the last couple of seasons um, because Billy felt he was good enough to play. And, and that's why I'm not as concerned as some other people are about this season because this team had very good depth a year ago. And so you got guys out there, you know, like Quibido, who's paid his dues, you know, Chris Moncrief, who's paid his dues, um, and, and, and now they're going to get a chance to go with the ones, and, and I think they're prepared for the challenge. I think, you know, the, the, there's a lot of inexperience behind them, um, and, and once again, that goes back to what we talked about a minute ago. But, I, you know, I feel good about the experience on this team, especially in the first 22 guys. And, and in some positions, it goes even deeper than that. So I'm good as we get ready to start the season. I, I'm glad that you got guys who have been kind of waiting. They're getting to the play, but they've been waiting in the wings, and now they're going to get their chance to shine. And I think a couple of these guys are going to do just that. You know, you touched on Chris Moncrief, Cam Podesclo, and Braylon Trahan, the secondary, are two other guys I'm looking at with this defense, Eric Guerrero as well. Talk about guys like Guerrero who have really made an impact for a couple years now, being, coming into his senior season. How special can this defense be? Well, I, you know, I think this defense is going to be good. Um, I, you know, are they going to be as good as they were a year ago? Uh, I don't know because, you know, I still maintain that the reason they went 13-1 and last year is because that defense was very, very good. Uh, and it was a defense that was able to take the football away. Uh, I, I think this defense will be good again. Are they going to go out and be plus 15 in turnover margin? Yeah, probably not. You know, uh, but, but I think this defense is going to be fine. And um, they've got to stay healthy at linebacker. Other than that, I think they're good to go. Looking at the backfield, you know, Chris Smith returns as as kind of the bell cow of this team. You also got Draylon Washington, who stepped up well, Terrence Williams from Manny as well. What stands out to you about this room, especially the guys behind Chris Smith? Well, you know, you, you mentioned two of them, and I think Kabote's the third one. I, you know, one of those guys is going to have to wait in the wings because I don't think Mike's going to play more than three. Um, but there's, there's competition there, and, and I think that there's some talent there. And, you know, talent sometimes overcomes experience. And I think they have plenty of talent in the running back room. They just don't have a heck of a lot of experience. And I'm going to be very interested, especially in these first four games, I think, to see how these guys develop and and to see if, you know, if two of them can separate themselves from the third guy. Um, 
I, I, I think they're going to be fine. Um, I think there's going to be a learning curve there. But the good news is, in your first four games, you're going to be favored. It doesn't mean you're going to win them, but you're going to be favored. And so these guys are going to get an opportunity, and we'll see how they respond to it. Chat with Jay Walker, the voice of the Cajuns, here on Cajuns Corner. Johnny Lumpkin and Neil Johnson are some... I'm going to call them under-the-radar guys, but if you follow the program, you know who these guys are. Uh, they're they're looking to, to step up and make really big impacts for this offense this year. Talk about what they can bring to the table. Yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not sure that they're under the radar guys, Matt. You know, I, you know, Lumpkin's been suiting up for the Cajuns for a while now, and so is Johnson. We've seen Johnson make some big plays on offense. You know, Lumpkin is just as steady as he goes. Trust me when I say the other coaches in the Sun Belt Conference know all about the Cajun tight ends, and and they know that those guys uh, are in their own way weapons for this football team. They may be under the radar because we talk about the wideouts a lot. But but Lumpkin is is just as solid as can be. He can catch the ball. They don't ask him to catch it a lot, but he can catch it. But he's a very good run blocker. And you know, I've been I've been raving about Neil Johnson, um, you know, for several weeks now. I think he's the X factor in this offense because I think he's got a chance to have a huge season this year catching the football. Earlier, you touched on Napier's idea of. You know, if you're good enough, you're going to play. Talking about the O-line, it's a young O-line in spots, but a lot of these guys bring in game experience. Does that idea of rotating guys in and out kind of pay off now with this O-line group? You know, I don't remember who the offensive line coach was, and I and I think it was under Ricky Bussell. You know, he came on my radio show one time. He said, he said I, tell, uh, I tell the coaches – Give me a pair and a spare. In other words, you want to have two um, two starting tackles and a third one, two starting guards and a third one, a center and then another one. And um, so, you, so eight is always the magic number. Um, you know, if you have ten, that's wonderful. But but you got to have eight. And and I think Mike believes that they have eight. I would like to see another guy or two develop during the season and become another guy that is good enough to play. Um, of course, that, that's going to have to be won uh, in practice or getting to play, you know, if the Cajuns are way ahead or, or way behind. But I would like to see another guy or two step up as the season progresses. Staying on that topic, who do you see maybe stepping up to make that impact? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know who that person is. Um, I don't know if it's a newcomer. I don't know if it's a red shirt. Um I, I, I don't know, but I would like to see somebody step up and, and say to, um, to Mike, hey, uh, I'm here and I think I'm ready. Going back to the quarterback conversation, Jay, Chandler Fields has been named the starter, but Dez was adamant in the fact that Ben Woolridge will get playing time because he's earned it. You know, last time you saw a system that way, it was Levi Lewis in 2018, Andre Nunez being the starter, and Levi coming in, you know, every third or fourth series, and you know that seemed to work out pretty well for Levi. Do you see that being kind of a similar thing here with, with Chandler and Ben? Yeah, it sounds like it might. Um, you know, Mike said for a while or early in this that you know the starter is the starter. Um, 
and and I kind of got the impression then that that maybe he was going to go with one guy. Period. But as this progressed, he started to hedge more toward Ben is going to play. I don't know if it's going to be a set thing where they say, okay, every fourth series he's going to go in like they did with Levi a few years ago. But it looks like Ben's going to get some opportunities. And as Mike said, it's because he's earned them, and that's that's great. Because I do think that he brings a little something different to the table. The the, the thing about Ben that I like is he's six foot three. And the thing I don't like about Chandler is he's five foot ten. And there are going to be times when the middle is open. And it's much easier to see the middle if you're five inches taller than the other guy. So I do think there's a skill set that comes with Ben that's a little bit different that can help this football team. Talking about injuries, Trey Amos back at practice yesterday. But you know the biggest thing that I've noticed is that the team's done a pretty good job of staying healthy throughout camp. Any injuries lately that you've heard of other than you know Trey Amos, Kendra Gant, a couple others? Yeah, no, I, I really haven't, and and I think what hap- what's happened here is is during camp you've got some guys, you know, who who've got nicks and and maybe some chronic stuff. You know, you know Zion Hill's got a shoulder. I mean, he he's had a shoulder now for gosh since he got here. Yep. Um, but they but they go ahead and they've they've used those guys a little more sparingly during camp. They've gone ahead and they've gotten them some work, and then they've gotten them out of there to try to keep them healthy. And and I think that that, that the staff's done a really really good job of that. Which now you know, look, uh, you got you know so a few more practices before the game comes, and you could have a, a a fluke injury, you know, jump up out of nowhere. But I do think right now they've done a great job of keeping guys healthy, and I think it's because they haven't asked the guys who are nicked up to do too much. Lastly, you know, again, we talked about it earlier. Week one's nine days away. Southeastern Louisiana is up first for the Cajuns. You know, Southeastern, pretty good team last year. Cole Kelly winning the the Walter Payton Award last year. Talk about the Lions and, and, you know, what can Cajun fans expect out of this matchup? Yeah, good question. Um, I'll I'll be more prepared to talk about that next week, but but I'm going to say this. You know, Cole Kelly was a, was a great player, and and you know he threw for you know forty something touchdowns last year, and 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 a bunch the year before, and he's not he's not there anymore. But there's a reason why Southeastern's ranked in the top twenty in the FCS. I mean, they've still got players, and they got a couple of uh, a couple of first team FCS All Americans in the defensive backfield. Um, they have got some talent at running back. Um, the the two guys who are fighting for the starting quarterback job, Cajuns are familiar with because they both played in the Sun Belt. Yep. Um, you know, Cephas Johnson and at South Alabama and Colby Suits at ULM. Both of those guys are pretty athletic. So I, I think Southeastern is going to be a very formidable opponent uh, for Week One. Of course, the, the last time the two teams met, they were a they were a botched two point conversion away from pulling an upset. Um, they're always a well-coached team. You know, Frank Selfo's been there now for five years. I, I This is a – and look, the football team and the coaches are not going to overlook Southeastern. I would, I would caution the fans about the same thing. Um, 
Southeastern is, is going to be a very competitive football team when they take the field at Cajun Field a week from Saturday. Now, exactly how they're going to do it, like I said, hopefully next week I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about that. But, but they've got some guys who can play, Matt, and there's a reason why they're ranked in the top 20. Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, joining us here for Cajuns Corner each and every Thursday. Jay, appreciate you each and every week, my man. And like you said, next week we got a game to preview. Yeah, and we will do that. And in the meantime, look, I'm, I'm looking outside, and there's a lot of moisture falling, and I haven't seen rain in a long time. I'm going to go play in the rain. Yeah, you, you do that, Jay. You have a great week, bud. Take care, man. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajun's Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let me tell you about Suit Up. Suit Up offers fashion tuxedos and suits for all occasions. They've got wedding party specials, sports coats, and professional service. They've got three locations to serve you. Lafayette, New Iberia, and now open in Lake Charles. Guys, Southern Marsh winter the fall and winter line is coming in which means that spring and summer needs to go so they're going to do 50 percent off now until labor day on all spring and summer southern marsh apparel again tuxedos wedding party specials sportswear measuring to make you feel important and professional service is what suit up offers and they remind you to get dressed up for homecoming and prom and Mardi Gras balls and whatever else at Suit Up. Ambassador Caffrey, New Iberia, now open in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. And when you go, tell them that Miguez and Mesh sent you. You will not be disappointed. I promise. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 55 minutes after the hour Looking at some more top stories here in hour number one, we touched on the fight between the Bengals and the Rams. Also, the PGA Tour Championship going on right now. Scotty Scheffler in the lead, at 12 under. Xander Shoffley right behind at 9 under. Matt Fitzpatrick at 7 under with Patrick Cantlay. So you got four of this year's superstars right there in the mix early on. Colin Morikawa not far behind at 5-under. Sam Burns at 6-under. Justin Thomas, John Rahm at 4-under. Jordan Spieth at 3-under, as well as Rory McIlroy. Going to be a phenomenal weekend in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Eastlake Golf Club as they determine who will be the tour champion. Last year was Patrick Cantlay. Can he do it again? Scotty Scheffler in the lead in the FedEx Cup standings. However, it's gotten closer over the last couple of weeks due to Scotty Scheffler struggling a little bit, but he's not struggling today. So, great weekend in Atlanta. Looking forward to seeing who comes out on top and who gets crowned your PGA Tour champion. We'll also talk about the new league that got formed by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. 
It's going to be a in partnership with the PGA Tour. It's going to have 20 tech-infused events with the top golfers of the PGA Tour in teams of three. It's going to be an interesting concept that uh, that Rory and Tiger are putting together. We'll bring you more details as that becomes available. Also, for next year, the PGA Tour talking massive increases in the prize purse. So more money for the PGA Tour trying to get on par with the LIV maybe. Hour number two, we're going to bring you some Cajuns audio. We're going to finish our AFC North and AFC West predictions. And then at 5.30, Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network will join us to talk all things college football with Week Zero coming this weekend. You are listening to The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We'll be back after this top of the hour sports update. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two on this Thursday afternoon, 502 on The Game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Recapping some top stories, the Houston Astros will go tonight against the Minnesota Twins, a 7-10 a first pitch in that one from Minute Maid Park. Minnesota Twins 62-60, and they're third in the AL Central. The Houston Astros 80-45, first in the AL West. Chris Archer will go for the Twins 2-6 with a 4.02 ERA in 87 and a third innings. Against Luis Garcia, ten and eight with a four point oh nine ERA in one hundred and twenty three and a third innings. According to the money line, Astros minus one sixty four run line minus one and a half with an over under of eight and a half. And breaking news: short while ago, Ryan Presley, the Astros closer, has been put on the fifteen day DL with neck stiffness. The Twins four games out of the American League Central. Cleveland being the team above them, and the Astros maintain a 12-and-a-half game lead in the AL West. Looking at the league standings for both the American League and the National League, the Astros hold a a three-and-a-half game lead over the New York Yankees for the best record in the American League. Meanwhile, the Los Angeles Dodgers, sitting at 86-and-37, hold an eight-game lead over the New York Mets in the National League. Very entertaining as we come down the final stretch. Two games have already gone final today. The Cardinals over the Cubs, 8-3. And the Rays over the Angels, 8-3 as well in that one. Looking at the recap of the Cardinals and Cubs, Albert Pujols did not hit a home run today. So he is still sitting at about 692-693 closing in on that 700 number. One game currently going on. It is in the bottom of the seventh. The Mariners lead the Cleveland Guardians by a score of 3-1. to one. A couple games tonight. Again, the Astros and the Twins. You've got the Rockies and the Mets, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. The Red Sox lost again last night. Ha-ha. And the Yankees 
back on the diamond tonight as they will take on the Oakland Athletics. All right, James, AFC North, let's get back to it. So I had gone through my four. I said that I feel like the Browns will finish last, the Steelers will finish third, the Ravens in second, and then the Bengals will win the division. Do you have any disputes? I mean, for me, I, I got to agree with the Browns. The fact that you don't you won't have much Deshaun for a majority of the year, and then your backup's going to be Jacoby Brissett. I get it; he's backed up before, but he hasn't done well in that time. And as far as I've seen, he hasn't gotten any better. A lot of people talk about how the Steelers had the worst quarterback in the league in Ben Roethlisberger, and still were able to be second in the division and go nine seven and one. Yeah, if you want to look at it, Trubisky or Kenny Pickett would be a quote-unquote upgrade, but at the same time, this would be their... It wouldn't be much of an upgrade, plus they're a lot younger, they're a lot more inexperienced, and they really don't know your system like Ben did. Ben was the same thing like Drew. He may have not had the arm anymore, but he knew the system in and out, and he he could do it like like knowing the back of his hand. I mean, it was just that easy for him. So... I think they'll still be like 9-8. and eight. They'll still have the Mike Tomlin winning record streak going. But I still got to believe they're third. They have a lot of nice talent. And they picked up George Pickens, NFL young boy. But that quarterback, I like Mitchell Trubisky. But not enough to have them be second. No. No, not, not, over, not over Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, that's for sure. And they, they're dealing with injuries again. Shocker two years in a row, but at least they're going to be a little more used to having to do more of a passing offense, whereas last year was just kind of like a last-minute thing. This year, they're going to be a little more experienced with it. They'll be a little more prepared. Plus, when it comes down to Lamar, if he wants that contract, you got to get at worst second in this division. Yeah, you got to be at worst the like the fifth or the sixth seed if you want to prove and win a playoff game or two if you, if you want that contract. So I see them there, and then it was an interesting stat the other day. I wa- I was watching. It said Joe Burrow. This stat does not help him. He he will be joining the likely the likelihood of Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and other quarterbacks who lost their first Super Bowl, and they have never made it back to the big dance. But I still gotta believe uh, some about. Joe Shai, something about Joe Burrow. He's different. I think they have that experience. Joe, halfway through the first half of the season, they were kind of holding back because they were still worried about the knee. But then the second half, they revved it up. They got it together, and Joe was just going crazy. The Bengals' offense, it's going to be lights out. So I I got to believe they'll go 12-5, and 13-4. Yeah, that that's exactly where I have them as well. Uh, I think the Bengals could easily be contending for yet another spot in the Super Bowl. Looking at the AFC West, you know, this division's tough. This is a lot of talent. I mean, really and truly, I could see all four teams from the West making the playoffs. There is a there is a decent chance at that. It's just there's so much competition. But yeah. somebody's somebody's gonna have to go down, and for me, I don't care how talented they are. I love Justin Herbert, 
I like the weapons he has. I like the defensive pieces. You think it's the Chargers? But I think Chargers are last. I see. I think the Broncos are. They've got Russ. They've got KJ Hamler. They've got Cortland Sutton. They've got Javante Williams in that backfield. I think they're a year away. You're and you're talking about that, but what happened with the Rams? You're talking about how oh you need a year, but but the, the Rams Ra- went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford after just one year. But the Rams were only a quarterback away, and so were the Broncos. I disagree. Broncos have just as good of a receiving core overall. I really like Jerry Judy. I, I Corlin Sutton, two years off that ACL, you're losing KJ Hamler, and you don't have Noah Fant. But Noah Fant, he's just athletic. Just he hasn't been able to pan out so far. You still have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. You he will be splitting, but he is so good of a running back. I am so high on him. You think the Broncos' receiving core is just as good as Cooper Cup, and when Robert Woods was there, and Tyler Higby. And you added in Odell Beckham Jr. They're not better, but they're on that same level. See, I dis- I disagree. And then you get, and then Russ is a better QB than Stafford. You're gonna implement your own offense. It's not like they're gonna have Russ run a completely different offense. But also one, then, one thing that and we they are, have, and then they they have a really good defense. One thing we are talking about is that Sean McVay is a much better coach than first year head coach Nathaniel Hackett. There, there's a lot of question marks in Denver. They have a lot of talent. I'm not going to deny that. There's a lot of question marks in areas you don't need question marks to win a Super Bowl. They're they're a year or two away. I think they're they've got talent. I think they're going to compete in this division right out of the gate. I don't think that it's there for them yet, and that's why I have them fourth. Third for me. They'll, don't I'm, be, I'm just going to go Broncos. I was about to say, don't be too high on the Broncos. Second, I would go Chiefs, and then first I go Raiders. You have the Raiders winning the division. Yeah. I'm going Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. You lost Tyreek Hill, and I that's a crushing blow. You still have Travis Kelsey. You're getting back a healthy Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who you're going to have to use more in that offense now anyway. Patrick Mahomes just gets another year to get better. Another year of improvements, another year to be better. You still have Miko Hardman in that receiving core. You, you've got pieces for Mahomes. You still have the good O-line, and you still have the stacked defense. The Chiefs aren't going to slip up as much as people think that they will. They're still a 12-5 team. So are the Raiders. I, I, just, I, I don't think Derek – I'm not that sold on Derek Carr. I'm not. And you – You've got Darren Waller, who's a great tight end. You've got Devontae Adams, who's arguably one of the greatest, one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. Your offensive line is a little bit of a question mark for me. Josh Jacobs is a little streaky for me. And then I'm not 100% sold on their defense outside of a couple pieces. They're a good team. I think they're 11 and 6. They're right behind the Chiefs, but they don't beat they're not better than the Chiefs. 
I don't think I don't think so at all. I don't think they're better than the Chiefs. We'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Tomorrow we will do playoff predictions and we will crown a Super Bowl champion in terms of predictions tomorrow. Looking at the poll question of the day, looking at our football movie bracket, once again, coming to a close, semifinals are today, which makes the championship of the football movie bracket tomorrow. Looking at the matchups thus far, remember the Titans in the lead over Friday Night Lights, 61.9% to 38.1%. And then in the other matchup, the Water Boys, 75% to the longest yards, 25%. So again, looking like it's going to be the Water Boy and remember the Titans. I, I, I can't see anybody dethroning remember the Titans. If anyone's going to do it, it's Adam Sandler. But I just don't see anybody beating out Remember the Titans, which is the exact reason why I had them as the number one seed going into this movie bracket tournament in the first place. James, we we haven't talked about it a whole lot. Chet Holmgren going to miss the entire season with a Liz Frank injury that he suffered in the Jamal Crawford Pro-Am. You know, what, what are your thoughts on NBA players playing in you know, pro-ams like that. I mean, you want to keep yourself going because you don't want to be an Anthony Davis where you get quoted and guess what? Oh, I haven't picked up a basketball since April 5th. And we're into late June, early July, I think is whenever that video came out. It's like you you always got to make sure you're on top of it. You got to make sure you're shooting. That's the thing between street ballers and NBA players. Sure, you could go practice a bunch. But guess what NBA players are doing? At least the super dedicated ones. Even even though you may have the same type of skill level, you don't have the dedication. You're not going out there every single day. Even your days off, you're going to shoot around. You have practice just about every day. You're, you're probably playing games three or four times in a week. Actual NBA games. But even you're practicing before that night. You're practicing during your actual practices. You're staying before and after. You're shooting on your days off. Like, even if you don't want to shoot, you still go shoot. You still go play in programs. You still go play in these other little leagues just to keep yourself in shape and stay ahead of the competition. So So, I'm not mad at it. It's just an unfortunate event. So what's interesting is that the Thunder will receive insurance on Holmgren's salary. They'll get about 80% of a salary back. Uh, Roughly $4 million after he misses 41 games this season. And the other interesting thing is that, say, Chet Holmgren never fully recovers from this injury, and maybe he's forced to medically retire. The NBA considers pro-ams a sanctioned activity, meaning that Holmgren's future earnings will not be in jeopardy. So, regardless of him recovering, he's still going to be owed at least a portion of his contract as he he finishes out his rookie deal uh, going into year one of four in, in the NBA. But again, unfortunate news, the number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren, missing the entire 22 season with the Liz Frank injury. He will undergo surgery tomorrow, according to Thunder's officials, and they are 
praying for a speedy recovery in hopes that he returns to the floor better than ever. Delta Media is going to be your home for thrilling high school football. This season's lineup includes St. Thomas Moore on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, Acadiana High on MeTV 97.7, Karen Crow on Z1059, Southside Mustang 107.1, Vermilion Parish Game of the Week on 106.3 Radio Lafayette, the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week on News Talk 98.5, and in Lake Charles, you can catch Barb on the game 104.1. Make sure to download the station's free mobile apps to listen to your home teams at home or on the road. Delta Media will be your home for Friday night football. We'll take a timeout when we return. We have audio from Raging Cajun's head football coach, Michael Desermo, to get to, as well as more of your calls on the hotline, 706-0111, before we get to Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network. You are listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Before we go to a break, let's go to the hotline. Got in just in time. Greg, what's up? Yeah, I was just picking up on your conversation. So who are you liking in the uh, AFC West? In the AFC West, I think it's the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It kind of starts and stops with Patrick Mahomes. You're hearing a lot of people nationally. I think uh, Josh Allen has one good year. And now he's the best quarterback coming in uh, the league this year. Uh, I mean, uh, you listen to some of these national people talk about it, but, you know, like maybe Mahomes, if I look at his stats and the fact that he won his division and he beat Josh Allen again in the playoffs, seems like uh, people want to try to elevate Aaron Rodgers, and I still think he's overrated. Uh, some people call him the Michael Jordan of uh, the NFL. He, makes some, uh, he may be the LeBron. He makes some, some spectacular plays, but – Give me Mahomes, or I think give me any GM that'll take Mahomes, and maybe Mahomes will really kind of prove his worth this year because you know he doesn't have Tyreek Hill. But I think Mahomes is the type of quarterback that elevate the play of the people that are around him. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, bar none. And I, I think Josh, I, mean, you, I think Josh Allen's right behind him. Sense, man, you need to you need to call in Adam Shine show on Sirius Satellite Radio and get that clown straight. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and I think Josh Allen's right behind him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is, is Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. But at the age that those guys are at, the the new Bucks are just they're just better. Ten years ago, it'd be a different conversation. I don't think it's that way anymore, though. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the top two quarterbacks in the NFL. Take time out when we return. We'll hear from Raging Cajuns head coach Mike Desermo. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. All right, um, you know, so two good days in the book. Um, you know, sometimes those practices are a little bit difficult. You know, they're the real deal before you get, uh, you know, the week before the game. Uh, our guys have handled it really well. I thought today was really, really good practice. Yesterday was pretty good, too. You know, it's always kind of difficult because you got guys in new roles and they start playing on scout team and you start splitting those things up. And the reality of that, sometimes the first day is a little hard to swallow, but we've got a resilient team, man. We've got a bunch of good kids and, you know, they accept their role. You know, the thing I told him is, if you like it, great. Work hard to keep it. You know, if you don't like exactly where you're at right now, just keep working your tail off and, and earn a little bit more. And so the last two days have been really good. Um, you know, we're excited tomorrow. We'll do a lot of situational stuff, kind of slow it down a little bit, and then we'll kind of really get started with week one prep. Michael Desermo spoke with the media yesterday, and he spent a lot of time talking about 
you know, camp up to this point and preparing for week one against Southeastern Louisiana, which is in nine days from everything from the O-line to what goes into game prep to even cornerback Trey Amos. Yeah, I mean, Trey's been very involved, you know, mentally with the game plan and all those things. You know, you know, I, I think Trey is a next-level player, you know, so certainly when you have an impact player like that, you, you need him out there and you need him taking reps, you need him going. So, you know, we're, we're pushing the rehab, trying to get him back, and, uh, you know, we're certainly hopeful for week one, and that's what we're pushing for. But, you know, it, it is a long season, so if he's not ready, you know, you can't roll him out there. But, you know, having Trey – you know, you, you just feel really good about it, you know, with him in the boundary, being able to play man and do those things. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we got guys that have been working hard behind him, so it's always the next man up. And if he can go, great. Um, and if he can't, then we'll be ready. Trey Amos back on the practice field yesterday. However, not quite 100% dealing with an injury in his shoulder. Michael Desermo also spent some time talking about, you know, with the game being nine days away, how's the depth chart starting to shake up? Well, I mean, I, you know, we've always played a lot of people, and that's still the plan here, you know. So, you know, we got a lot of co-starters, you know, on the team. I mean, you know, you just look at the tight end room, right? That's where I was. I mean, whether it was Johnny or Neil or Pierce or Burge the last, you know, four years, it was kind of like, well, you know, it didn't didn't really matter a whole lot. It was kind of week to week or what we were starting out with. So you got a little bit of that. Um, I think for the most part we know who, who those guys are going to be. But, you know, we talked about running back, you know, being a weekly thing every week. You know, and then certainly, yeah, you know, you got some guys that, that are supposed to be back, but they got to handle it the right way and they got to physically come back and practice before you feel good about putting them out there. But yeah, I mean, we f- feel really good about where we're at um, as far as the organization of the depth chart and things like that. And keep working a lot of guys, though. I mean, in football, it, it changes fast. So, you know, just keep them ready. Keeping guys ready is one thing that Louisiana has been able to do for a long time, especially since Billy Napier came in with that mindset of, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to play. And, the occasions have done just that, which has prepared a lot of guys to be ready for this moment. Des also spent some time talking about what goes in to game prep before a, a typical Cajuns football game. Well, it's exciting, you know. I mean, it, football is such a unique game. You know, it's uh, you know it's ninety nine percent preparation. It, you know, when you really think about the whole, I mean, the whole gambit of it, right from January all the way through, and even even practice. You know, you, you practice five days a week and play one, so. It's unique. I mean, uh, it's what the guys have worked for. So the energy and the focus usually kind of starts to hone in a little bit. And it kind of it's like a, a shot in the arm a little bit. So we're going to give them a little time off this weekend physically to kind of recover, get back. You know, when we hit the ground running on, on Monday, it'll be, you know, it'll be on. I have a feeling they'll be ready to go. Lastly, the, the offensive line is a position that the Cajuns have kind of circled as a question mark. A lot of new faces that have game experience, but not quite to the level that the Cajuns have been used to the last couple of years. Here's Des talking about his O-line. You know, I think we're pretty close on the eight guys. You're still waiting on Landon Burton to get back full go, you know, and see where he's at conditioning-wise and things like that coming off of being out. You know, he's working hard in the rehab part of it. We were hoping he'd be back for week one. That's probably doubtful. Seven right now you feel really good about. I think, you know, eight is probably... Caden Morrow, you know, it's kind of right there in, in seven, eight, nine, a couple young guys like that that you still need to continue to work and get a little bit better. But, you know, feel good about seven that we've got right now. Uh, I think Caden is kind of the eighth, you know, that you say, all right, might, you know, might be good to get him some reps if we can get him in the game and get him going. Uh, and then when you get landing back, you feel like, okay, there's another piece that you feel really good about. So, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're happy with it. You know, we just, we've been a little spoiled the last couple of years, you know, on the offensive line. Last year going into the season, we felt like we had, you know, 10 
and that's pretty rare that you feel really good about. So it's for us just trying to get used to it and trying to develop those younger guys to where eventually at some point you feel really good about hopefully eight, nine, maybe ten as you get towards the back end of the season. James in the world of NBA basketball, Patrick Beverly gets traded to the Lakers for Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. What's interesting about this move, though, is that Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook do not like each other. So could this be a, a sign of things to come for the Los Angeles Lakers? I mean, I think so. You're not going to make the trade if you don't think that – or you you wouldn't go to Russell Westbrook and be like, hey, yeah, we're, we're trading somebody that you hate. Like, I feel like there was something behind closed doors where they had squashed the beef because it's been pretty well documented that neither of them like each other. So something must have gone on behind closed doors that we don't know about where it was the same thing like DeJounte Murray and Paolo Bancaro. We saw the beef, but like two weeks later, we see them playing again, and they're laughing, joking around with one another. So there must have been something because there's no way that the Lakers front office is that stupid to do something and then just sabotage the team with two players that can't stand one another and that might physically harm one another if it comes down to it. Unless they're fielding some offers for Russell Westbrook. And you wouldn't do that unless you know for sure that you have a trade for one of your players. You wouldn't wouldn't do that unless you know it was a guarantee. Because what happens if that trade doesn't go through? Now you got two that hate each other. And now you're stuck with them because who's going to want to trade for that? They're going to want to see you fail. So can the circus that is the Los Angeles Lakers get any crazier? Maybe. Because what if, you know, Rob Palenka's got this mindset that, oh, I'll get a trade for us. Let's bring Patrick Beverly in. And then you don't. And now they're stuck together and they haven't fixed everything. You, you thought the Lakers were a crapshoot before. Oh, buddy. Things could get a whole lot worse very, very quickly. The Arneville Fire Department is hosting a Black Pot Cook-Off Saturday, September 10th. The cooking begins at 8. Eating will start at noon, and it's taking place at the Flower Auditorium in Arneville. Also, live music from Gerald Grunig and Gentilly Zydeco, Dustin Saunier, and Sweet Cecilia. For more information, visit www.arnevillefire.org. Take a time out when we return. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network and co-host of the All Out Blitz podcast will join us for an in-depth conversation into the world of college football. You do not want to miss it. You're listening to the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. I mean, we are better than the dentist. can promise you that. It's crunch time with Miguez and Mesh on The Game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, 36 minutes after the hour. Let's get into some college football talk with our guy Brendan Moore, the host of the All Out Blitz podcast and a columnist for Sideline Sports Network. Brendan, thanks for taking the time, man. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Football's in the air, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, football's finally in the air, and that's question number one for you. Week zero is here. You know, personally, I don't think that the schedule is that impressive. However, I'm going to watch it because it's college football. What games are you watching this weekend? All of them. We'll put it that way first. But the one I'm looking forward to the most is definitely Northwestern Nebraska. I heard you guys touching that earlier in the show. Obviously, that's in Ireland, but that's a huge game for Nebraska especially because this is a prove-it year for Scott Frost, right? He hasn't made a bowl game yet in Nebraska. He's been there, I think, three or four years. So it's either now or never for Scott Frost. And, I mean, they're playing a Northwestern side who's weaker in terms of talent than them. They're favored by, like, 13 early, I think, right now is the line's at. So this is a must-win for Nebraska. You know, talking about Nebraska and Scott Frost being on the hot seat, how many wins do you think that he needs to keep his job? I think he needs to make a bowl game, so six. Uh, I don't think some people say seven or eight. I think if he doubles his win total from three to six, I think he'll be fine. That shows progress. And next year he's going to have to continue to show progress if he gets to six wins this year and survives this year. Georgia's coming back as national champions. Only problem is Alabama did not get worse from from a year ago. Do you think Georgia has the ability to repeat? Oh, for sure. I think they, Do I think they'll win? No. But they definitely have the ability to repeat. Yeah, they lost a ton of guys to the draft. I mean, we can name them all, like Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. There's so many of them. But they're, they stack recruiting classes year after year. they got talent. It's just they have talent. But you just don't know the names yet. You're going to start hearing the names Nolan Smith, Christopher Smith. There's a ton of guys on that defense that are still going to be really good. Sure, they'll take a step back. I think they have the tools on defense. And I think you'll start to see the offense play a huge role this year. Stetson Bennett coming back, yeah, he's not the greatest quarterback in the world. But he's still a solid guy. He's going to lead this team again. I mean, he won a national championship last year. We all know that. They also got a few talented receivers out there. And, of course, the best tight end room in the country we got. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, and uh, Arik Gilbert, who's been having a little off-field issues, but they still got a solid team this year. Alabama seems like the favorite to win the title this season. Bryce Young coming back at quarterback last year's Heisman Trophy winner. Will Anderson, a, a guy that a lot of people think should have won the Heisman this year, and a lot of people want to see win the Heisman this year. Kind of talk about what Alabama brings back, and of course, I mean, you can never count out Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time, no matter what Mad Dog Russo says. I'll point that out right away. That was just a ridiculous take yesterday. But, I mean, Bama, I have them preseason number one. Obviously, that's preseason. Things could change even in the first game here. But they had the best player on offense, in my opinion, in the country, and Bryce Young at quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner last year. And they got the best player on defense in the country coming back in Will Anderson, who I think should have probably won the Heisman last year, but that's a different debate. But the guy to watch out for this year, in my opinion, is Dallas Turner. He's not going to get the name or the name recognition as much as Will Anderson will. But he's going to be, I don't want to say just as good, but he's going to be right behind Will Anderson. Those two guys might be one, two in terms of best pass rushers in the whole country. So Alabama pass rush this year is going to be insane. So SEC offenses, the offensive line has to play good for any of the Alabama opponents this year. That's where I'm at with that team. Another team people are watching very closely is USC. Lane Kiffin, not Lane Kiffin, uh, Lincoln Riley there as head coach. 
Caleb Williams comes with him from Oklahoma to be the quarterback. You also bring in Jordan Addison, Travis Dye, and a slew of others from around the country. And, you know, there's a lot of talent. Lincoln Riley's a great coach. However, that might take some time. In 2022, is USC for real? No. Not in 2022. I do think it's going to take a little bit of time, especially at the lines of scrimmage. I mean, you look at the skill positions, I think they already have tools in place to put up a lot of points. With Caleb Williams, obviously he's a dynamic quarterback. Like you mentioned, Jordan Addison there. I think Travis Dye is an underrated pickup as well. But the lines of scrimmage, that's where I'm worried about. I have USC at number 16 preseason. Like I said, obviously things could change. But to me, it's the offensive lines, the offensive line and defense line that's concerning me. I think they're good at linebacker, good in secondary, good at the skill positions, but they need to be better in the trenches to really compete with some of these top 10 programs like some at some of the SEC schools, Ohio State, and all that. Chat with Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network. LSU is a, is a program that we follow very closely here in southwest Louisiana. Brian Kelly coming in year one after spending the last 12 years at Notre Dame and being the winningest head coach for the Fighting Irish. You've got some talent at wide receiver. You've got two good quarterbacks still battling it out. What do you make of LSU, and can Brian Kelly win national championships with the Tigers? I'm going to say yes, he can win a national championship with LSU because LSU is a type of team that recruits itself, obviously, as a program, but also there's no one to compete for recruiting in state. Obviously, you got Louisiana and got some other uh, – there's FCS and group five teams there but there's no powerhouse program like LSU in the state. And Louisiana is great recruiting ground, very fertile. So LSU can harness the in-state talent, and obviously Brian Kelly's a good coach. He wouldn't be a good – or obviously he was the uh, winningest coach at Notre Dame, so obviously he's a good coach. But if he can harness that talent and coach better, I'd say, in big games, I think they definitely can. Here's one through five. I, cause a lot of people are saying, oh, Brian Kelly is going to win it in these next five years, his first five years. I don't know about that. That seems a little iffy to me. I'd bank on him winning one year six through ten. Look, if Ed Orsron and Les Miles can win a natty at LSU, I don't see why Brian Kelly can't. As for this year, obviously you pointed out uh, Boutte and the, and the receivers. Uh, quarterbacks, I like Jaden Daniels. I do think he puts the ball in harm's way a little bit too much, but he does bring something that Miles Brennan never did. And that's kind of more dual threat mobility type quarterback there. Uh, all, I think running back, uh, LSU's running backs are solid. Obviously, John Emery's going to be out for the first two games. But Noah Kane's a guy I'm watching out for. He got a little bit of a unfair shake, I think, at Penn State because their offensive line was just atrocious. I think the defense might take a couple of years, maybe a year or two, for Brian Kelly to get kind of situated, but they still have some really good pieces there. Now, I know you're a Big Ten guy living in Michigan. You cover Michigan State. Who's your favorite in the Big Ten? Is it obvious that it, that it's Ohio State? I have Ohio State as my favorite. I wouldn't say it's obvious. I think people are discounting Michigan a little bit too much. They're kind of just writing Ohio State down in pen, and I think that's just stupid because you watched the game last year between Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan bullied them at the line of scrimmage. Yep. They dominated that game. They stopped C.J. Stroud for the most part. I know Ohio State put up 27 points. But so that's pretty good for a for Ohio for a defensive perspective there against Ohio State. So people are discounting Michigan. I think they they're going to have a good defense again. Yeah, they lost Hutchinson and Ojabo to the draft, but Michigan always produces really good edge rushers, really good defensive linemen. 
I think Mozzie Smith's the guy to watch out for. I think he's D tackle there for Michigan. In offense, I think this is the best offense Jim Harbour is going to ever have, to be honest. I think you got two reliable quarterbacks. Well, Cade McNamara is more reliable. J.J. McCarthy's the more. He's, I think he's going to give you a higher ceiling in terms of offensive production, going to spread the field out a little bit more. Is a stronger arm, in my opinion. But two pretty good quarterbacks there. Receivers, they're deep there. they got Ronnie Bell coming back. Uh, running backs, obviously, you got Blake Corm, Donovan Edwards, good one-two punch there. So I think people are discounting Michigan a little too much. But right now, I do have Ohio State as the Big Ten champion. Who are some of the G5 teams that you're watching closely? I know Cincinnati was in the playoff last year. Houston's the team that can really you know, give them a run. you got some great talent in the Mountain West and the Sun Belt as well. Give me a couple G5 teams that you're looking out for. I mean, I think it starts with Cincinnati. You mentioned them. Obviously lost a ton of players to the draft. They had a generational team last year. But I trust what Luke Fickle's doing over there. I mean, his player development is just off the charts for them. So I trust in Cincinnati. I think preseason I have them ranked, yeah, 29th here. Uh, another team I'm watching out for is Fresno State out west. I have them ranked 34th right now. I think their offense is really good. Jake Hayner's the transfer from Washington. He's just an absolute stud. He can sling the ball all over the place. They beat UCLA last year. So I think they have a decent shot to maybe uh, end the regular season with only one loss, with that loss probably going to be at USC. They do travel to the Coliseum, I think, week three. So I really like Fresno State. I think their defense is a little underrated. Houston, I'm not as high on as a lot of other people. I think the defense is concerning there. But obviously, they're going to be able to put up points. UCF's another team that's going to be able to put up points. So those are a couple of them that I'm watching out for. Give me your playoff predictions and your preseason Heisman favorite. All right, playoff predictions. I got Bama going undefeated in the regular season. I think they're going to be the one seed. I got Ohio State also going undefeated, despite what I just said about Michigan. I have them going undefeated and being the two seed. I have Clemson as the three seed. A little bit of quarterback issues, but I think they'll improve on that this year because they got two good, two, uh, they got Kid Klubnik this year, who's a five star freshman coming in. DJ Uyangale is still going to start, but if he struggles, they still, they got that five star coming in. So they provide some stability there. So I got Clemson as the three seed. Uh, four seed, I'm going Oklahoma. That's kind of my sleeper team. I guess you could say if you consider it, was that a sleeper team? I think their offense is going to be solid. Brent Venables is coming in. He was the Clemson defensive coordinator. He's the new head coach there now. So I think the defense will improve significantly in year one. As for uh, preseason Heisman, I would love to say Will Anderson. But personally, I don't think that's realistic because I don't think the voters will vote for a defensive player. So if I were to pick, it's going to be hard for Bryce Young to win two years in a row. So I'd say C.J. Straw if you were to put a gun to my head right now. You know, another team that a lot of people are high on maybe a little too early is the University of Miami. They've got a booster who's willing to dump millions into the program, as it's already been shown. Mario Cristobal is the is the prodigal son to return as head coach. How long do you see until Miami's back to be in Miami? It's a tough question. I'd If I were to ballpark it, probably three, four years. Obviously, you can teams can or programs can turn around faster now than they were able to even five years ago with the transfer portal and, like you mentioned, with NIL money. So I think Miami has a bright future. 
Uh, I think Cristobal knows how to recruit. He's got the formula because he coached under Saban. So he's going to recruit the offensive line. He's going to recruit the defensive line really well at Miami. It's going to take a few years. I don't think the talent's there yet. I will say I do have them going 10-2 and and making the ACC championship game, but I don't think they're up to snuff with Clemson in the ACC. Utah and Florida is a game that I'm circling on the calendar in week one. Give me your thoughts on that game, and can Florida win at home in the Swamp? Oh, for sure Florida can win. I mean, there's no doubt they can. I think the spread's only two and a half in favor of Utah. Right now I have Florida penciled in as them winning. That's kind of my rough prediction right now. I'll probably look more into that next week after these week zero games. But Florida can definitely win. I I think they have arguably the best player on the football field that day in uh, Anthony Richardson, who's their quarterback, the Gators quarterback there. But But I'm worried about Florida's depth, which shouldn't really be an issue in week one. They have the talent at the ones. I'm worried about the twos and the threes once they get into SEC play and down the road. Uh, for Utah, I could see they could. I think they're the favorite for the Pac-12 right now. I have them winning the Pac-12, but I don't see them going into the swamp. It's going to be like 95 degrees and humid there. I just don't see them going and winning. I like some of their pieces, but I'm taking Florida right now. Lastly, Brendan, you know. You talked about Clemson. We talked about Michigan. Oklahoma's another kind of under-the-radar, I guess you could say, team that, that I'm watching to maybe make a run down the backstretch. Do you agree with those? Are there other teams that you're watching? Yeah, I agree with all, all of those that you just said. But another team, I would say in the SEC is Arkansas, but their schedule is just brutal. So I'd say Baylor's another team to watch out for. They're in the Big 12 they lost a lot of their skilled guys, wide receiver, lost a, a few guys on defense at linebacker and in the secondary there. But they return a lot of guys along the line of scrimmage, which I think is the most important place to return guys. So there's stability there at the lines of scrimmage. Uh, that Blake Shapin coming back at quarterback who played in the Big 12 championship game. I think he's a solid guy, very reliable. I think Baylor has a legit shot to make the playoffs this year. Brendan Moore of Sideline Sports Network and the All Out Blitz podcast. Tell our listeners, Brendan, where they can find your work, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at BMOREcfb, B-M-O-O-R-E-C-F-B. I'm also on YouTube. We do the All Out Blitz podcast. Just search up All Out Blitz. We're there. I do it with my two best friends. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. Thank you for uh, having me on today. Absolutely, Brendan. Appreciate you, man. There he goes, Brendan Moore. We'll take our final timeout. Wrap up today's show on the other side. This is the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Kickoff week one. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place a first $5 bet. Just sign up using promo code KOWB to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. I'm liking the Saints' money line and going the under on points scored in their Week 1 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. You're always able to play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine multiple bets for an even bigger payout with Same Game Parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana, permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site card that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. 
Thank you, James. We'll take this opportunity to thank Jay Walker for joining us here on Cajun's Corner. Brendan Moore of the Sideline Sports Network for joining us as well. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Stay classy at Cadiana. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Friday fun show. It's the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.